Today on Indie Book Talk, we're talking about marketing. Specifically, why marketing doesn't have to suck and how you can actually enjoy it. Hello, I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. Hi, I'm Shell Shearer, author of Urban Fantasy and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. The thing about deciding what you want to do for marketing, right? You do have to find the things that you like well enough that you're actually willing to do them. So and that's, that's what I figured. One. So when everyone was telling me, you must blog, you must blog. And I tried it and I hated it so hard. I knew I would never stick with it. So I've decided that that's not going to be the way I do it. That's a great thing because a lot of people force themselves or try to force themselves they write kind of crappy blogs and then they do it like three blogs and then they stop because they hate it. And then they go back to it and then they stop because they hate it. And I have to say for me, it was YouTube. Oh. So lots of people told me, oh, you should have a YouTube channel. You're so good on camera, blah, 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 blah. Right. And, you know, I am kind of okay on camera <laughs> and that's all well and good, but I don't like to be on camera. It feels like so much pressure. But you know what doesn't feel like pressure? A podcast. I don't know why, but this seems like, oh yeah, you and I, we're just sitting here having a chat. No big deal. If there's a camera on me, I'm like, oh God, how's my hair? (laughs) I'm putting on lipstick. I never even wear lipstick. Now, I did ask a ton of Facebook groups of writers and readers alike of both Cozies and Urban uh, urban Fantasies, um, how often they read their author's blog and if they care. And it was a resounding no, they they don't. Maybe a couple of the top authors, they'll check in occasionally because they do like um, free chapters occasionally. But for mm-hmm. the most part, um, no, they didn't like them. And one of the reasons was because people didn't keep them up. It wasn't terribly interesting. And I think that's because they're not enjoying writing them. So I figure I'm going to stick with the things I enjoy. I like Pinterest. I can I can jump down a Pinterest hole in a, in a heartbeat um, finding mm-hmm. inspiration and Facebook groups are just fun because I like the interaction. So it may not be the best two marketing tools, but I think if I enjoy them, I can get a lot more out of them. I fully agree. And I tell, so in the real world, I write blogs for people. That's like my job, right? And so I tell people, don't start doing this if you don't want to do it, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what the marketing thing is, nothing is effective that you don't do. Right. So if you hate blogs, don't blog. And it sounds like you've done the research in your space and that maybe blogging isn't the right choice anyway. Well, a lot of people, I was surprised to say came back, but they didn't think it's the culture of blogging anymore. I mean, maybe five years ago, that was a big way, but I think people are moving away from it. Everyone keeps mentioning Instagram or, you know, Facebook, all those type of things. And I could probably Instagram. I love taking pictures. That that would be easy for me. Um, I think it's just like with anything else, it's a constantly changing culture and you got to pick what out of today's world you really want to delve into. Right. And what you're- Well, I think- You also want to ask yourself, if you are going to do a blog or any other sort of social media, are you talking to readers who are established, people who already read your work and like it? Mm -hmm. Or are you trying to attract new people? And how is the strategy different for those two things? Because I would say that my biggest traffic blog on my author site is called Famous Emmas. And it just (laughs) talks about famous people named Emma. Because cool. <laughs> I was curious and I thought it was cool. And so people discover me that way who maybe never would have thought to look for my stuff because they come across this blog post. 
So I think if you can do things that are interesting mm-hmm. and and actually do maybe attract people who aren't already your people, blogs can be very, really useful. But I think if you're just blogging to blog and you're like, oh, today I wrote 300 words and then I petted the cat, <laughs> nobody cares unless you're already one of five of the most famous authors in the world. So and then people want to know everything you're doing all day. Right. Like, what did you eat for breakfast? What, what leg did you put your pants on first? (laughs) No, I mean, I, I do like the, like the famous Emma's that would be awesome. And I, I, think doing the occasional one, but I know I wouldn't do it enough to keep it up. So I, right. you know, there's ways in Facebook to add like longer things. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be kind of a, a thing that may change as, you know, as I grow or, or change as a, a writer. But yeah, so I would think the thing I've come away from the most the past couple of weeks is definitely take the ones that interest you. Don't just yes. do it because it's on someone else's checklist of this is the only way you're going to get successful. That, that's not true. Things don't work that you don't do. That's the moral of this podcast episode. Yay! (laughs) Now that we've talked about what you don't want to do, let's talk about what you are going to do. Sure. I've actually um, already started. So the premise of the book is there's a group out doing a hobby called letterboxing, which is essentially taking card rubber stamps and hiding them in various places, and you follow clues that are posted on the internet to go find these boxes and get the image from the stamp. So, so in- is it is it like like geocaching, but specifically with stamps? Yes. So rather than the coordinates that geocaching uses, this is like a written clue, like a, a treasure kind of clue. Like you walk twenty paces to the split tree, go north for you know until you pass the bridge, that kind of thing, and they can be very straightforward. They can be mystery clues. They can be hidden clues. There's there's all sorts of clues. You can get them um, by someone handing you one. You can find them on the internet. They're, it's kind of a very niche hobby, but it's very fun. Um, some people get into it because they like carving the stamps. There are all sorts of neat little carves out there. Other people just like following kind of like the scavenger hunt kind of thing. Um, but that's what the group in the book during the whole mystery is off doing. Wait, 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 wait. Do you carve your own stamps? Yes. I mean, some people do store-bought stamps, um, but part of being in the hobby is carving the stamps and planting them out for people to find and then get um, people carry logbooks, which are blank sketchbooks. And you go out and you ink the stamp and you put it in your sketchbook so you have that image. And everyone carries a personal stamp that is their own, like um, ours is a dragon with a Sherlock Holmes hat. Um, (laughs) And we stamp that in the box that you find because there's a pad of paper in there showing like, okay, we have been there. Here's our stamp. We're taking your image and putting it in our logbook. That's so cool. So it is fun. I read about it in the Smithsonian Magazine, I don't know, gosh, 15, 20 years now at this point. Um, It started over in England uh, in the Moors. It's called Letterboxing. Um, And then it started to grow here. So it's still very underground niche, but it is out there. Um, If you ever run across a box under a suspicious pile of sticks, Check it out. It might be fun. <laughs> Full di- okay, disclaimer, legal disclaimer from our legal team. Um, we, we, we take no responsibility for what you might find in random boxes under piles of sticks. <laughs> oh, yes. And always poke with a stick first because you don't know what's living on <laughs> But anyway, so in the, in the book, they're off doing this. And the theme is rubber duck invasion. Uh, so alien duck... <laughs> Wait, okay, wait. This is so. This is the plot of your book now. Yes. Well, rubber duck invasion. 
it's not the plot of the book, but it's the plot of the event that the people are attending. Okay, okay. So they're off, they're doing like this B&B weekend, and they're off all looking for this invasion of the rubber ducks, rubber stamps. So I was thinking, well, if it's about letterboxing, why not encourage letterboxers to get involved? So I posted on one of the Facebook pages asking for people to carve rubber stamps in the theme that we could place all across the country. And people are loving it. So they're all signing up to do various UFO and aliens and monster rubber duckies. And they're going to plant them. I think I've got about 30 states already. I only posted it on Monday. Um, and that was, what, two days ago? <laughs> so, Oh, my goodness. Um, the people that don't like to carve, they're asking for us to mail them a stamp. And they'll go plant it for us and give us the clues. Um, so it, it's been a lot of interaction. And I really enjoy that. Um, I love the feedback and I mean, you like the talking to people in groups. I like the the feedback where people kind of get involved with things. So mm -hmm. it was a fun way for me to do it. Um, and it just also happened to market the book. I was just like, I, it actually started out with me going, gosh, I just want to, you know, add letterboxing into this somehow. And it, it also is a great marketing deal. <laughs> that, is, that really is. I mean, that is a little piece of marketing genius. I, I mean, I didn't know you were secretly a marketer in your spare time, but that is, because now they're all like, oh, I really want to read the book. I'm like, well, that's great. I'll tell you as soon as it's out. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully you're collecting emails from these people so that you can, you know, give them a, a nice little notification when, when it comes out. Yeah, I, I'm excited. So I'm hoping it'll be fun for everyone. Um, if it means more people read the book, bonus. Um, but it also supports a hobby I really enjoy. So it, it was a win-win for me. Well, that is, I mean, that is the core of great marketing when you're, you would do this because you love it. Not, you know, not necessarily like if the book sells, that's cool, but you would do this because you just think this is a cool hobby and you want to, you know, you want to engage in it. So that is how marketing works. What that's people get attached to that authenticity and they recognize the value of that really authentic desire to be involved. Right. I didn't like invent this to, to do marketing. I did it because, gosh, now I really want to travel to all these states and find these docs. <laughs> what a cool, what a cool author tour that would be. Wouldn't it? I'd be really excited to do it. <laughs> ah, go away, COVID. We want to do an author tour with ducks. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now I'm envisioning at your book launch where you just have like, you know, those giant pools of rubber ducks they have like at the fair mm -hmm. and you try to win a prize. Like you could have that and that could be how you do your drawing. Well, like, who's got number three? <laughs> it was actually created because for reasons unknown, at some point, someone gave me a themed rubber duck. And now I have so many <laughs> themed rubber ducks. And actually in our living room is a five foot custom painting that a friend of mine did as a, a gift of invasion of the rubber duckies, where a bunch of alien rubber ducks are coming in over a city. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. So well, I would have that behind me. Definitely at the launch event. <laughs> I can't wait for this launch event. Please um, put me at the top of the mailing list because I need to know when this is happening. So if you don't already have an email list started that we have to start you one. So when this when this goes live, then people will sign up. Yeah, I don't have an email list started. I guess I will have to now ask them all if they mind if I get their emails from them. <laughs> it didn't occur to me at all because I was too busy going, here's a rubber duck for you to carve. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think that's the other thing, you know, people are squirrely about, oh, I don't want to ask for emails or whatever. But if if you're giving people something that they're really excited about, of course they want to give you, you know, they, they want you to tell them when the book comes out, mm-hmm. right? They don't, they don't want to find out two weeks after everybody else has read it that they missed the amazing rubber ducky invasion book launch. <laughs> So, oh, oh, this is a great idea. I love this idea. I'm a little jealous that I didn't think of an idea like this. Now I'm racking my brain for my next book. <laughs> what can I do? I'm sure you'll come up with the perfect thing. I hope so. But but let's take this opportunity for a second to, to just do like a quick bit on email lists. Okay. So why is an email list super important as an author? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> As I answer my own question. Who tell? An email list is super important because it is one of the few places where you have complete control over what's happening. So if you are on Facebook, Instagram, any of the social medias, you are you have to follow their rules, right? They can just decide they don't like you and ban you. And it's happened to people. You know, they, there's a word for it, getting zucked. Really? You get zucked. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you've never posted anything controversial, you probably haven't been zucked, but it does happen to people. Never heard um, of it. And so it, you can get, you know, you can get banned from platforms. Platforms can disappear. I mean, who remembers MySpace? Not me. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it's still out there. It's still doing its thing. It's just different. But the point is you don't have control there. And mm-hmm. more importantly, you don't have control over how many people actually see your post. You can have... 10,000 followers and, you know, 15 of them see your post if it's that day. So with an email list, you are directly in the inbox of somebody who has opted into seeing your content. So they have said to you, yes, Shelly, I want to know about the invasion of the ducks so I can protect myself (laughs) from their heinous quacking. I need my tin hat. (laughs) Right. And... They have said yes, and you have said great, and you are sending them content that is relevant and interesting to them. Even if they ignore it sometimes, which they do, people get busy, whatever, it's still there in their inbox. And for the second that they click on it, you have their full attention. Just for a second. And that is a hot commodity in in today's marketing world. So I would say as a recipient... Please, please, please make sure you don't spam these poor people. Yes. I've signed up for a few things. And by day three, I'm like, I never want to hear from this person again. (laughs) So make sure you have a good visible unsubscribe button. Do not Mm -hmm. feel like they are trapped. Yes. And, you know, an unsubscribe button. And if you use a lot of the the custom services like MailChimp or or MailerLite or uh, Constant Contact, any of those... When you use those, they have their own kind of format and rules because there are regulations that dictate, like you're not supposed to just add everyone you know to a mailing list and start spamming them, right? right? You're supposed to get consent. You're supposed to say, may I please email about email you about these topics? And they're supposed to say, yes, you may. And then you can do that until they say no more. Mm-hmm. And then they can unsubscribe. So you are supposed to have a visible unsubscribe button. But the problem that you're talking about I think it, it can happen by accident, right? They're not meaning to send you three emails a day. But what sometimes happens is they give, let's say, a free something, right? And so you get on their free something list, like mm-hmm. a free short story, 
Right. And you get the free short story, which is what you came for. And then you get dumped into their funnel. And the problem is you might end up on the the free short story funnel, which is a sequence of emails talking about if you like this, you might like these other things. Right. But then you also get on their welcome funnel, which is, hi, my name is Emma G. Rose and I'm the author of, right? And so now you're getting like two sets of emails from them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And some authors don't even realize this is happening because they're not super savvy with their email. And so they they haven't made the right um, kind of if-then statements in the email to say, oh, if someone joins through this sequence, we want this to happen. But if they join this way, we want this to happen. Okay. I never um, even knew that was a thing. Yes. Yeah. So you can automate emails in these systems where like, for example, a, a welcome sequence. A welcome sequence is a great idea because if somebody goes to my website cold, you know, somebody says, hey, you should check out this Emma G. Rose chick. She's got some cool stuff, <laughs> right? Nobody talks like that anymore, but let's pretend. <laughs> How old am I? I don't know. Um, so, it, you know, and they go to your website and they're like, oh yeah, this looks, this looks cool. I'm not really ready to buy a book, but like, I'm willing to see what she's up to. You know, she's like, my friend really likes her. Mm-hmm. And so they give me their email. And so then they get a welcome sequence from me. And the welcome sequence is, oh my gosh, you joined my email list. I'm so excited you're here. Here's a free thing. And then the next, a couple of days later, they'll get an email that's like, wait, 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 I did this backwards. I gave you the free thing. I didn't even tell you who I am. Here's who I am. Uh And so I tell them a little thing about who I am. And then maybe there's a third email that's like, here's where you can find more books from me. Or here's the next thing I have going on or whatever. Um, So you get this nice little kind of on ramp for people. So they get used to seeing you, but if you do it too quickly, if you do like one a day, Uh it becomes really overwhelming. So normally it's good to have a spacing of like one, like day one, they get an email, like the day they sign up and then day four, they get an email and then day eight, they get an email. So you've kind of spaced it in a way that they get used to seeing you in their inbox, but it's not just like, here's everything I have to say in one week. But yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about about the potential of your amazing duck event, and like I'm kind of jealous, and I really want to go <laughs> to your book launch. So you can be on my team. I can be on your team. You can be the one holding up the cue cards. Talk about ducks. Talk about ducks. I'll just have pictures of ducks, like duck with a hat, duck in scuba gear, zombie duck. If anyone's still with us, uh, this is this has been our little foray into talking about random bits of marketing. There is a ton to talk about here. You know, we could do a whole podcast that's nothing but how to market your book. We don't necessarily want to do that, but we do want to give you useful advice. So we'll come back to these topics many times. And I think from here, the first thing to remember is make it fun for you. Yes. Yes, make it fun for you. Do what you will do, what you will enjoy doing. And because if you hate it, you're not going to do it. You're not going to be consistent and you're not going to want to do it. Yeah. And and your readers are going to see that you're not feeling it. Exactly. And that's the last thing you want. So the thing that we love to do is this podcast. At least I do. I'm speaking for myself here, but I love it. It's okay. Good. (laughs) I love this podcast. It's my favorite thing. I'm going to keep doing it. Even if we had one person listening, I would keep talking to that one person (laughs) until they shut us off. Bob, are you listening, Bob? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my mom is my rock star supporter, so she would listen to all the episodes even if no one else was. (laughs) Hi, mom. Thanks for being there. So, um, 
tune in next week when we talk about whatever it is we're going to talk about next week. And let us know if you have any marketing questions that we can help answer. We do have a Facebook group that you can join, or you can visit us on our website at imperativepressbooks.com or Shell, what's your website? Uh, it's shellyshearer.com. That's easy to remember. Okay, shellyshearer.com. And send us a message and say, hey, talk about this. In the meantime, like and share this post and join us next time. 